0: Yes, hello everyone Good morning, good day Uh, Yeah, I guess um, it's not a good day for everyone I think there was just that major storm in the Philippines Which I read a post on Facebook It says, hey, if you're the praying type, maybe send a prayer their way Because that was, uh, and still is, I think, devastating so, so maybe you can devote a couple seconds or a minute, couple minutes to that. Um, I think that's important. It could be important. So welcome to The Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran. We do the show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And right now, um, well, I just want to mention our website is themysticshow.net. TheMysticShow.net. And this is the show all about spirituality, personal development, mindfulness, meditation. And on our website, you can find our phone number and our Skype handle. You can call us on the phone or on Skype. And I just tweeted and I just posted to Facebook that we're live so uh, you can follow us on, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and all that stuff. But if you go to the website, you'll find all the details for everything: links, phone numbers, everything. And on the website, also you'll you'll see all of our previous episodes are archived, so you can look through them and you can search through them too, and uh, browse. And there's there's tags you can search by tags it's pretty fun so themysticshow.net check it out and um <clears throat> yeah today's a monday morning and uh this is uh it it's the first monday morning in a while that i actually feel like it's a monday morning i'm a little tired i'm a little slow and i'm kind of trying to figure out why um i mean i know i've been doing a lot of things lately with work and, and everything. I don't know. Maybe I'm doing too much. Did you ever feel that way in your life that you're kind of like, you're, you've been doing a lot and it's just nonstop. And so anyway, that's how I'm feeling. And, uh, I'm happy that, um, we have the pause your life meetups and retreats because, uh, I'm happy I'm part of the pause your life group because, there really are times when we just need to literally put our whole life on pause. Everything you think is really important, which which is usually important, uh, but still we need to put it on hold and get a break from it and uh, get some perspective, get some rest, rejuvenation. I mean, that's uh, really important stuff, so pause your life, thank you, and uh, if you want to Go to that website. It's pauseyourlife.org. And uh, so this morning, I actually previewed. I mean, I looked at what I'm going to read today from the, our James Allen book. And this is like, this is so important. And it's, I don't, I wouldn't call it glamorous or anything like that. But this section is called Self Discipline. And, uh, you know, when you say the word self-discipline, a lot of times you get that, you know, little feeling in your stomach like, oh, God, self-discipline. Right? Because it's it's not easy and we've tried it and a lot of times we fail and I don't know. I think the whole topic of self-discipline can leave a bad taste in your mouth or has left a bad taste in your mouth in the past. And... That's okay, because uh, I think what we're going to learn today, what we're going to read from James Allen today, is is going to really shed some light on on self discipline. Not only why it's important, right? That's first. The why is always first, right? If you know why something is important, then then you then you understand it, then you can do it. But if you don't know the why, then it just seems like a routine or something it doesn't seem that important so james allen is going to explain why self discipline is important and not from this you know the mundane level of you know you got to you know wake up every day and go to the gym and and everything like that it's it's not he he's describing it on a spiritual level not on a physical material world level so you know, don't be <laughs> don't be afraid of uh, what he's gonna say and and we all know that our spiritual effort, if you will, basically translates directly into the physical world anyway. So self-discipline, uh, that's what we're gonna read in a second. and um, yeah, we might as well go ahead and get to that now. I wanted to I'm gonna make a few comments on some other things. A little bit later in the show And I have a couple good readings From our uh, 365 Dow book See So now that I said it Now I have to read it Which I really want to Because I Like I said It's a Monday morning And um, <clears throat> When I came into the studio I was a little tired And I, You know I think everyone in their life At times feels like Alright what am I doing Why am I doing this <laughs> I mean, the Mystic Show is a little easier because we know why we're doing this, and you know why you're listening, because this is important stuff. It's the balance, it's the counterbalance to the material world craziness, right? But anyway, I read, when I came in this morning, I read a couple passages from the 365 Tao book, and it, it, it really just lifted me up. In fact, the one passage is called Joy. We're going to read that a little bit later. So, you know, good stuff. So let's um, let's get right into it. So this is our book. What we're reading from is called Above Life's Turmoil. And this is by James Allen, the English mystic, who wrote more than a dozen books um, more than a hundred years ago. And they're great books. Of course, his famous one is called "As a Man Thinketh," and we also read another one uh, on the show called "Byways of Blessedness," which is a great one. But this one is called "Above Life's Turmoil," and this one is great. I mean, it really gets into it gets into spiritual topics in it, like deeper topics, but. He explains it in a way that's simple to understand. It might not be simple to uh, put into practice, but simple to understand, sure. So this section, like I said, is called Self-Discipline. So here we go. Let's read it. This passage is called Self-Discipline from the book Above Life's Turmoil by James Allen. A man does not live until he begins to discipline himself. He merely exists. Like an animal, he gratifies his desires and pursues his inclinations just where they may lead him. He is happy as a beast is happy, because he is not conscious of what he is depriving himself He suffers as the beast suffers because he does not know the way out of suffering. He does not intelligently reflect upon life and lives in a series of sensations, longings, and confused memories which are unrelated to any central idea or principle. A man whose inner life is so ungoverned and chaotic must necessarily manifest this confusion in the visible conditions of his outer life in the world. And though for a time, running with the stream of his desires, he may draw to himself a more or less large share of the outer necessities and comforts of life. He never achieves any real success nor accomplishes any real good. And sooner or later, worldly failure and disaster are inevitable as the direct result of the inward failure to properly adjust and regulate those mental forces which make the outer life. Before a man... Accomplish anything of an enduring nature in the world He must first of all Acquire some measure of success In the management of his own mind This is as mathematically a truism As that two and two are four for out of the heart are the issues of life If a man cannot govern the forces within himself, he cannot hold a firm hand upon the outer activities which form his visible life. On the other hand, as a man succeeds in governing himself, he rises to higher and higher levels of power and usefulness and success in the world. The only difference between the life of the beast and that of the undisciplined man is that the man has a wider variety of desires and experiences a greater intensity of suffering. It may be said of such a man that he is dead, being truly dead to self-control, chastity, fortitude, and all the nobler qualities which constitute life. In the consciousness of such a man, the crucified Christ lies entombed, awaiting that resurrection which shall revivify the mortal sufferer and wake him up to a knowledge of the realities of his existence." With the practice of self-discipline, a man begins to live. For he then commences to rise above the inward confusion and to adjust his conduct to a steadfast center within himself. He ceases to follow where inclination leads him, reigns in the steed of his desires, and lives in accordance with the dictates of reason and wisdom. Hitherto, his life has been without purpose or meaning, but now he begins to consciously mold his own destiny. He is clothed and in his right mind, In the process of self-discipline, there are three stages, namely, 1. Control 2. Purification 3. Relinquishment A man begins to discipline himself by controlling those passions which have hitherto controlled him. He resists temptation and guards himself against all those tendencies to selfish gratifications which are so easy and natural and which have formerly dominated him. He brings his appetite into subjection and begins to eat as a reasonable and responsible being, practicing moderation and thoughtfulness, In the selection of his food, with the object of making his body a pure instrument through which he may live and act as becomes a man, and no longer degrading that body by pandering to gustatory pleasure. He puts a check upon his tongue, his temper. And, in fact, his every animal desire and tendency. And this he does by referring all his acts to a fixed center within himself. It is a process of living from within outward, instead of, as formerly, from without inward. He conceives of an ideal. And enshrining that ideal in the sacred recesses of his heart, he regulates his conduct in accordance with its exaction and demands. There is a philosophy philo- there is a philosophical hypothesis that at the heart of every atom and every aggregation of atoms in the universe, there is a motionless center, which is the sustaining source of all the universal activities. Be this as it may, there is certainly in the heart of every man and woman a selfless center without which the outer man could not be, and the ignoring of which leads to suffering. And confusion. This selfless center, which takes the form in the mind of an ideal of unselfishness and spotless purity, the attainment of which is desirable, is man's eternal refuge from the storms of passion and all the conflicting elements of his lower nature. It is the rock of ages, the Christ within, the divine and immortal in all men. As a man practices self-control, he approximates more and more to this inward reality and is less and less swayed By passion and grief, pleasure and pain, and lives a steadfast and virtuous life, manifesting manly strength and fortitude. The restraining of the passions, however, is merely the initial stage in self-discipline and is immediately followed by the process of purification. By this, a man so purifies himself as to take passion out of the heart and mind altogether, not merely restraining it when it rises within him, but preventing it from rising altogether. By merely restraining his passions, a man can never arrive at peace, can never actualize his ideal. He must purify those passions. It is in the purification of his lower nature that a man becomes strong and godlike standing firmly upon the ideal center within and rendering all temptations powerless and ineffectual. This purification is effected by thoughtful care, earnest meditation, and holy aspiration. And as success is achieved, Confusion of mind and life pass away and calmness of mind and spiritualized conduct ensue. True strength and power and usefulness are born of self-purification for the lower animal forces are not lost but are transmuted into intellectual and spiritual energy. The pure life, pure in thought and deed, is a life of conservation of energy. The impure life, even should the impurity not extend beyond thought, is a life of dissipation of energy. The pure man is more capable and therefore more fit to succeed in his plans and to accomplish his purposes than the impure. Where the impure man fails, the pure man will step in and be victorious because he directs his energies with a calmer mind and a greater definiteness and strength of purpose. With the growth in purity, all the elements which constitute a strong and virtuous manhood, all the elements which constitute a strong and virtuous manhood are developed in an increasing degree of power. And as a man brings his lower nature into subjection and makes his passions do his bidding, just so much will he mold the outer circumstances of his life and influence others for good. The third stage of self-discipline, that of relinquishment, is a process of letting the lower desires and all impure and unworthy thoughts drop out of the mind and also refusing to give them any admittance, leaving them to perish. As a man grows purer, he perceives that all evil is powerless Unless it receives his encouragement And so he ignores it And lets it pass out of his life It is by pursuing this aspect of self-discipline That a man enters into And realizes the divine life And manifests those qualities which are distinctly divine, such as wisdom, patience, non-resistance, compassion, and love. It is here also where a man becomes consciously immortal, rising above all the fluctuations and uncertainties of life, and living in And intelligent and unchangeable peace. By self discipline, a man attains to every degree of virtue and holiness, and finally becomes a purified Son of God, realizing his oneness with the central heart of all things. Without self-discipline, a man drifts lower and lower, approximating more and more nearly to the beast, until at last he grovels, a lost creature, in the mire of his own befoulment. By self-discipline, a man rises higher and higher, approximating more and more nearly To the divine, until at last he stands erect in his divine dignity, a saved soul, glorified by the radiance of his purity. Let a man discipline himself, and he will live. Let a man cease to discipline himself, and he will perish. As a tree grows in beauty, health and fruitfulness by being carefully pruned and tended, so a man grows in grace and beauty of life by cutting away all the branches of evil from his mind and as he tends and develops the good by constant and unfailing effort. As a man, by practice, acquires proficiency in his craft, so the earnest man acquires proficiency in goodness and wisdom. Men shrink from self-discipline because, in its early stages, it is painful and repellent. And the yielding to desire is, at first, Sweet and inviting. But the end of desire is darkness and unrest. Whereas the fruits of discipline are immortality and peace. Okay, and we'll just take a quick little break. to anya for falling embers it's a very nice song uh not sure which album it's from um i could find out but (laughs) falling embers uh from anya thanks for that little musical interlude and you are listening to the mystic show and i'm chris curran and we do the show every weekday morning at 7 a.m eastern time that's new york city time we do an hour show. We talk a lot about spirituality, mindfulness, um, personal development, and meditation, and, and a lot of uh, other topics as well. If you go to our website, you can browse the topics we've discussed. Our website is themysticshow.net. Themysticshow.net, and you can get our. You can see our phone number on there as well. You can call me by the on the phone. You can call me on Skype. Yes, I have Skype up here. And let me put the sound up a little in case somebody calls on Skype. You'll hear that little sound. So, what did y'all think of that self discipline passage? Yeah, right? I told you. I told you. Right? So, you know what I really like the most? And I think because it's something we we can all um, relate to is when he basically, here, he he says, uh, let let me just read this. A man does not live until he begins to discipline himself. He merely exists. Like an animal, he gratifies his desires and pursues his inclinations just where they may lead him. He is happy as a beast is happy. (laughs) right he's anyway he starts comparing like a human being to a beast and I love that because it it really gives us an idea of the spectrum right the spectrum of I don't know consciousness or evolution whatever you want to call it right I mean human beings have more potential have a some kind of higher level of consciousness than uh than a mouse. I mean, right? I I think we all agree with that. And and also all the other beasts, you know, bears, lions, elephants. So I really like <clears throat> Well, first of all, let me say that within human beings, we have the potential Or or we have the background of being a beast, right? Somehow we, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you believe in evolution or creation, whatever. I'm not, I don't want to get into that right now. But my point is that we are made of flesh and bone and we are mammals and we breathe and eat and defecate and everything. So we are part beast, But, and this is where, this is the beauty of life, we are part divine as well. So this whole journey of uh, spirituality is, in my mind, really just moving further up the spectrum, moving further away from being a beast and towards being divine. Um and James Allen points out very correctly that uh the more we act like beasts the more pain and suffering we we go through so i i love that that's that idea of the spectrum of of an animal man and a man man and a divine man right we have to go from one end to the other that's our journey and you can avoid it you can Ignore it. You can argue against it. You can do anything you want, but eventually you're going to have to (laughs) become a divinized person if you want to graduate to the next class, to the next grade. Right? There's no other way. So so that's one thing uh, that I really liked about that passage. And so he basically says there's three steps or stages, I should say, three stages of self-discipline. The first one is control. Uh, the second one is purification. And the third one is relinquishment. So the first one is control. And he's just basically saying, get, get your passions and your, and your desires under control, right? Don't go way overboard. And he, he specifically mentions eating food in that, right? So, that's the first stage of control that he's talking about is kind of like just a general awareness, general awareness of, of what you're doing, what you're eating, what you're saying, right? He talks about having a disciplined tongue, your words, your deeds. So, I think this is probably where most of us are on our spiritual path. We're just sort of getting the idea that all right, we we got to become aware of these things, you know. You know, just like recycling, right? We just within the last what? 10-20 years we've we figured out that we got to recycle glass and cans and metals and <laughs> right? We can't just create stuff and throw it <laughs> throw it out the window. Anyway, so that that's like the first level of self-discipline is control. The second level is purification and that's That's much deeper, right? That's sort of like, he says it. He says, and this is, I think my, yeah, this is my, one of my favorite lines from this passage. He says, um, By this, a man so purifies himself as to take passions out of the heart and mind altogether. So he says, take, we have to take the passion out of our heart and mind altogether and not merely restrain it when it rises, right? But prevent it from rising altogether. So controlling it when it rises is the first level, but then preventing it from rising at all is the next level. And here's the line that I love. By merely restraining his passions, a man can never arrive at peace. And because it's a relentless fight against these desires and passions. If you have to control your mind, like if you have desires and passions coming up all day long, every day, every moment, oh, I want to eat this, I want to do that, I want to go here, I want to go on Facebook, I want to do this. I mean, and you try have to control each of those things, that's a lot of work, right? And And through all that controlling... You're never able to relax enough and and become self-aware enough to start to, to gain any higher levels of spirituality. You're stuck, you know, managing these passions and desires, you know, fighting some of them off, you know, just giving in to others and... So this is the idea of purification, which is the second stage of what he's talking about, is that we have to become pure enough where these desires and passions don't even come up anymore. And I must say here that the practice that I do, the Sahaj Marg meditation practice, actually one component of the practice is called cleaning, and this is exactly what it does. It actually cleans out all the, um, well... Technically, the spiritual seeds of desires and passions. It cleans them out, so they're just not there anymore. After, you know, after a while, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't happen in one sitting. But progressively, they're cleaned out. And after a while, the, the desire is gone. It's just not there. And I've relayed on this show before how that happened with me, with drinking alcohol, and other things as well they just it just went away it just it literally just went away like i don't even know where it went <laughs> it's just gone and it i don't it's it's not even like it's something i have to think about or overcome or, or anything it's just gone so thankfully i mean i've been purified of that i believe and now I can focus on some higher things, right? I'm not, I don't have to worry about anything. You know, I don't have, if I walk into a bar, I don't have to worry. Ooh, am I going to have a drink or anything? No, I don't even, it just never even comes up. I mean, I went to a a meeting recently. It was a lunch meeting. It was like a networking meeting, sort of, The a group. And I got there a little early and I said, where are we meeting? And they said, oh, we're, we're meeting in that room, but no one's in there yet. Some of the folks are waiting in the bar. And I thought, wow, a bar. Hmm. 11.45 a.m., there's some people sitting in the bar, drinking, drinking wine, and I don't know what they're drinking. And uh, so I sat down. Well, The one woman started talking to me, so I sat next to her at the bar. And she's like, oh, are you going to get a drink? And I'm like, no. (laughs) And uh, anyway, I sat there, we chatted, and then we went into the meeting and, I mean, it's, it's nothing. It doesn't phase me at all. So that is when you know something has been purified out of your system is when it just has nothing to do with you anymore. You're You're truly free from it. All right. And the third level, the third stage, I should say, of self-discipline that he talks about is relinquishment. And... This is uh, this is a very high stage, right? And it's basically, well, I kind of uh, in, in Eastern religions and philosophy, you hear the term uh, renunciation or surrender a lot, because at some level, at some higher level. W- there there appears to be the necessity to just surrender to whatever happens meaning you don't offer any resistance to anything because something higher is manifesting and and plus you don't have any you have less ego by then so you're not fighting against anything you're just surrendered to whatever happens whatever outcome happens and you just do your work you do your duty and whatever result comes is supposed to be from God. Just whatever whatever result God wants to give you, he'll give you, but you just supposed to do your work and that's it. And not worry about the result. So that's that's one aspect of surrender uh that I've understood. And I think this relinquishment that James Allen talks about is is similar to that. Um because he talks about you know, evil thoughts and he talks about here, let me read this sentence. This is actually very important, I think, to to meditation and, and spirituality. He says, as a man grows purer, he perceives that all evil is powerless unless it receives his encouragement. And so he ignores it and lets it pass out of his life. Right now, there's a concept. Wow. Right? So if anything evil, any evil thoughts or thing, anything, let's let's just stick with thoughts. If any evil thoughts come up or negative thoughts, um, as a man grows purer, he realizes they, they're really powerless. They're just thoughts. And unless you give power to the thought, the thought has no power. So you can literally ignore negative thoughts and they will go away. But that takes practice. <laughs> it really does. That takes some, some time of meditation and learning how to ignore your thoughts. Because it's not normal for most people to ignore their thoughts. We think we, think we are our thoughts. And so we think those thoughts are real. But spirituality is about rising above your own mind. Right? Because there, your consciousness is way, way, way above your own mind. Your mind is just like this little thinking mechanism that has thoughts. You know, your mind is the the knot between spirit and materiality. Right? Your mind connects the two. That's it. But spirit is and consciousness are above the mind. They're higher. Higher in frequency, higher in spiritual elevation, if you you will. So these thoughts, I mean, a lot of times we give too much emphasis to our thoughts. They're just thoughts. So a lot of these negative thoughts, if you can let them go, just let them go, and they're gone. I mean, they may come back, but the point is, if you don't give them power, they really are powerless. You as a spiritual being, a conscious human being have way 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 more power than just a few thoughts. So that's where this relinquishment level uh comes in as well when you when we start to realize that. It's and it's just yeah, I mean that that have you ever thought of it that way? I wonder. Um but that's very very important because I see around the world today everyone's minds are running crazy, running wild, and everyone is having negative thoughts and giving all this important to ne- importance to negative thoughts. And then they have to fight somebody or fight something and so not only there is there's lack of surrender, there's lack of control of their passions. There's lack of ignoring these terrible thoughts. I mean there's there's so many fundamental ways that we are acting like beasts. Really? 99.9% of humans on earth are beasts. And I and I don't hesitate to put myself in that category either. Because we we have a long way to go and so anyway, that's why you're listening to this show is because you know that and you want to move toward that divine life that uh, that we're talking about, the divinized human being. So that was a great section there on self-discipline. Really, kind of puts it into spiritual perspective, I thought. So let's take a quick break and uh, and we'll come right back and uh, and and I want to talk about these. Uh, there's there's actually two. Well, at least one entry from the 365 Daw book. So we'll be right back. Yeah, there's me trying to sing uh, along with you two, uh, trying to throw your arms around the world. That's the name of that song. It's off of uh, Octung Baby. So thank you, you two, for that little musical interlude. You're listening to the Mystic Show. Did you know that? <laughs> you, if you're listening, you must have known that. Well, unless you just turned on the station. So we broadcast on the Fractal Stream. That's the internet radio station we're on. And uh, we're live every morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. The show gets replayed twice in the evening as well, 8 p.m. and 1 a.m. Eastern Time. And every show is archived on our website, themysticshow.net, themysticshow.net. And you can get our phone number there and our Skype handle. You can call us. Call me live. Yes, that means if you're listening live, you can call right now. And I'll answer the phone. And yes, the phone is right here. The ringer is on. So literally, if it rings, you'll hear it. <laughs> so uh, anyhow, I just want to, real quick, mention something about world peace. I mean, I, we were just talking about, uh, you know, becoming a divinized human being and, and that each of us is, has we're living on this spectrum on one end we're animals on the other end we're divine beings and uh and we each have the opportunity to grow spiritually and move up on that spectrum and uh but anyhow i've i've you know you read some of these news stories and 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 you hear people talk about world peace and i just wanted to make a little distinction i don't know if you've ever thought of it this way that okay world peace all right there's a lot of people in the world there's many countries in the world right different people from different places th- different lifestyles i mean if you've ever traveled outside the us well to europe or to the to the east you'll know people live differently right but in my experience and in other people's experience people are generally the same we all want the same things we all just want to be happy you know, have food and shelter and little entertainment. And we want our kids to grow up well. Right? And we want to, you know, continue to be relevant in our old age. Right? We all want the same thing. So when people talk about world peace, um, how do you create that? Well, we think we have to have a rally or we have to have a, you know, sign a petition or go to our government and pass a law, right? But I'd like to suggest there's, even before all that, the only real way to ever create world peace is to do it within each individual. Meaning, if each of us, if every human on the planet created peace within themselves and and made made some progress on the way towards divinization right if everyone was peaceful within themselves then the world would be peaceful that'd be world peace so again right in line with this show because this show is about spirituality and personal development and it, and most of all it's about personal responsibility Understanding that you are the cause of your future and your character. You make yourself. So if everyone in the world made themselves more peaceful, then there'd be peace on earth. And it and think about it. It doesn't matter how many laws you pass. If all the individuals of the world are have hatred in their hearts and violence in their hearts, I don't care if you pass a law. The world's still going to be violent and hateful. Right? Doesn't that make sense? So everything starts with individuals. And this is what everyone misses. This is the point that everyone overlooks. Especially these days in America. 2013. Nobody wants to take responsibility for themselves. You know, everyone wants to blame someone else. Blame the doctor. Blame the government. Blame, blame, blame. Everything. So, obviously, you're listening to this show. You understand that you have some responsibility. And really, you can't create world peace. Really, you can't. You know what you can do? Create peace within yourself. That's all you can do. And achieve your spiritual goal. That's really what we all should be working on. Because if you achieve your spiritual goal, then you're done then you've realized God and everything's great. Everything's fine. Until then, well, we got to (laughs) struggle. Right? So, all right. Well, here we go. Let's get into, let's read this because I want to read. This is really nice and I want to maybe talk about it. And maybe uh, one of you listeners, one of the thousands and thousands of listeners, really, I think there are, maybe one of you can call and, and comment. So, let me read it first. This is from the book 365 Dao Daily Meditations by Deng Ming Dao. It's a nice little book, one passage for every day of the year. And this passage is actually for today. Today is November 11th, 2013. And the word for today or the topic is joy. And this is, remember I told you earlier when I came in this morning, I was a little bit like, a little tired, a little bit like, okay. (laughs) Uh, But this passage actually made me feel better. So it's called Joy, and uh, I'll read it. It's it's very short. I'll read it. It's called Joy. Do your devotions make you happy? Is your life a joyous song? In all this talk about spiritual devotion, there is one simple fact. You have to like it. It should make you happy. It is unfortunate that so much coercion, unhappiness, bitterness, guilt, and fear become wrapped up in spirituality. Why can't we simply do things out of joy? Practicing spirituality isn't a matter of drudgery. It isn't a matter of fear. It isn't for fitting into a social group. It has nothing to do with status. Being devoted to holiness in your life is a matter of joy and celebration. When you sit down to meditate, a smile should come to your lips and a feeling of joy should permeate your body. When you go to consecrated ground to give thanks and celebrate, you should do so not because of the day of the week or out of the habit of ritual but because this is the best way that you know how to adore your gods and express the wonder of being on this earth. Yes, yes, there is much unhappiness in this existence. That unhappiness is part of the overall field of negativity. There are also positive things in life, And spirituality is foremost among them. So whenever we practice our spiritual devotions, let it be in gladness and joy. There you go. Isn't that nice? Joy. So true. We shouldn't practice spirituality out of a habit, or because we fit in with a social group. We should do it because we want to do it and because it's joyful. Right? What can be more joyful than feeling that oneness, that contentment? So I, you know, being involved in a spiritual practice, meaning a, a a practice that has uh, that teaches a certain method, right? I I do see it. I see it where certain folks they it just becomes a routine and they just it it's just a routine. It's nothing more than a routine. And it's it's like something on their checklist that they just do it, they check it off the list and they move on. And it, it it's kind of sad. That's actually really sad because it's like being uh, it's like being right in front of your goal and you still don't see it <laughs> you you miss the forest for the trees um and and obviously that's that's life right because every moment we're connected with the divine, we should be realizing God every moment, but we're not that's actually what we're trying to do right is to <laughs> remedy that situation. So our practice should bring us joy. And um, it it made me feel better because I, I do feel joyous when I'm practicing and I'm, you know, um, I don't know how to say it. When I'm meditating and doing things, it, it makes me joyful when I'm connected to something higher. I really like it. And that's the reason I started doing all this, obviously, is because I know there's something to it. I feel it. It feels good. Uh and it helps me sort of pass on that that good vibration to other people. Um and, you know it's funny, I started not not an experiment, but I started consciously like smiling at people, like when I walk into a store. Like, literally, I'll, on purpose, I'll just smile, like a big smile, and just say, hi. <laughs> Almost like laughing, kind of like, hi. And you see, it affects people. Pe- people's demeanor changes. They smile back at you, usually. And it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting how you can affect other people. How, if you feel this joy, you can sort of pass it on. And of course, in the beginning, you might not feel it very much, you know? I mean, waking up and doing your meditation every morning, waking up early, it's not always uh, glamorous, you know? it does <laughs> A lot of times it does feel like drudgery, but, you know, that's usually only in the beginning. Once you get past the the mundane habit part of it, then then it becomes joyful, so... I call that getting over the hump. You have to get over that initial hump of waking up early, meditating, and doing, you know, doing the practice. You have to just get over some, get used to that. And in the beginning, it's not easy, but you just got to get used to it. And guess what? If you really do it, it'll, it'll change, and it'll become more joyful, and it'll become easier. And it'll become more of a experience that you look forward to. So, so I hope some of these topics today were interesting to you, at least slightly. <laughs> um, I'm happy to be here hosting The Mystic Show. If you know anyone who you would like to be a guest on my show, please send us a message through the website, themysticshow.net. Check out our previous shows. And as you move through your day, maybe try that. Give randomly. Just give people a big smile and see what they do. And then write me a note. Tell me how it went. All right. Well, keep the faith. Keep a good vibration as you move through your day. And, um, and we'll be here tomorrow morning. And as always, keep shining.